tell your old man you'll do some largemouth fishing another time. You just got too much on your plate to bait and cast a line. You can always put a rain check in his hand till you can't. Putting on forever with that girl whose heart you hold. Hey, good morning, Tisa. How's it going? Hello, Miss Katie. It's snowy. It's snowing. So we had this great idea. We've been friends for quite a few years. Um, we've been horse contacts. Well, we've been friends because of horses, right? 100%. The first time I met Katie was before I even moved to Bismarck. So it was destined. It was at a horse sale. You met my dad. Dad was, yeah. Started talking to me in the stands and telling me I have this daughter that's starting this therapeutic riding, blah, blah, blah. I said, no way. That sounds so cool. And then I don't even think we met that day, but we already knew each other. And we right. started talking on the phone or doing odds and ends with our kids already. So that was years and years ago. Right. Yeah. Crazy, crazy where life takes us. So, and recently we've been working together. Tisa is developing a really amazing program for able-bodied riders that maybe don't have accessibility to horses. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Tisa? Well, actually, I mean, you're, you're kind of the inspiration, but a lot, and a lot of my students, I guess I've always taught um, riders in the competitive area because, you know, I'm a barrel racer and then my family's a bunch of ropers. So we always have people at our barn and our arena for lessons. And I've done clinics for barrel racing and I have taken, I can't even count probably a hundred clinics in my life at least. And that's a lot of weekends, but anyway, I've always went on that route, but since I have you know, just the way the world's going. And I've been a substitute teacher all year. I've realized there's a lot more need for people just getting to be around horses and on horses that are able-bodied, just normal kids that want to smell a horse, touch a horse and learn how to ride. So that kind of just, yeah, led to horses, happiness and adventures. Awesome. I love that. Horses, happiness and adventures. Well, and then Tisa has been helping out at a therapeutic riding center that uh, I'm an instructor at called TR for Heart and Soul. And we decided one day after many, many hours of honestly, probably blood, sweat, and tears that we should do a podcast. But because what we have is special, what we've experienced, but it's also real and raw and organic. And we decided we were going to start a podcast called Hearts and Hooves, Turquoise and Trauma. So do you want to tell our listeners, this is our introduction um, podcast meeting, Tisa, but do you want to tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about what they're going to expect in the next year or so of our podcast journey? Well, thanks, Katie. Somehow, I just kept seeing the magic that was happening, well, at TR's barn and my whole life. Horses have always been a staple in my life, no matter what relationship, no matter what I was going through, no matter what job, um, no matter where I went with my, my kids, even as a baby with blue, I had to, it was kind of a joke. You just worry about more putting up horses, blue and I could sleep anywhere, but it, whenever you're traveling or you're in the midst of a crisis, 
your animals come first. So animals, horses have been such a huge part of this journey, but I notice with other people, it's the magic isn't just for me. It's for everybody. And there was a correlation like that Katie has pointed out to me. I mean, this is all scientific too. It's not just me loving horses. This is scientific for all kinds of people. So we just wanted to start educating the general public that this is real. This is, this is magical, but it is scientific magic and how horses are helping people with all kinds of things. Um, trauma, addiction, day-to-day -day life, and just how horses can help us get through that. So we decided, let's, let's talk about it. Let's bring real people in. We have local people we can talk to, riding students, um, everybody who is a student of the horse, which is every industry leader, they will be the first to say that. I'm learning every day from a horse and survivors of anything that are living their best life today. Awesome. I love that. And I'm so excited to see who we're going to run into, kind of run into on our journey. And I think people uh, sometimes forget about themselves. And when we hear the word trauma, it's such a big word. And honestly, it's a scary word. What do you think about when you think about trauma, Tisa? Well, I mean, at first, what does everybody think about? We're thinking of PTSD, soldiers coming back from war. Um, like you said before, murders, I mean, violent, violent things, but trauma can happen just from a kid getting, you know, tackled wrong at recess. You can right. have dense brain. Trauma can happen when somebody says the wrong thing to you when you're a preteen and you take it seriously and now your whole world has changed. Relationships cause trauma. There's so many, so many um, levels of trauma and every human being is just like a horse. We're all different. We're living and breathing. So we, we need it addressed probably at such a more personal and educated level versus one size fits all. Absolutely. And I think what people forget when we're dealing with trauma is it's any arrhythmic situation. Like that's not what we expected. And that has changed, you know, our course for that day. Maybe it's changed bigger things in our life. And what we forget is we think that we should be okay and that we have to move past it. But our brain is, is an organ, but it functions so much like, like a muscle. So if you want your abs to get stronger for barrel racing, for basketball, for, you know, just to be a better mom for your kids, you're going to exercise, you're going to work on sit-ups, you're going to work on planks, you're going to do all of those things to strengthen your abs. But, but what we forget about is our brain. And if we want to get stronger and we want to move past, we have to make our brain stronger. And how do we do that? Horses. And that may sound cliche or that may sound funny, but neural pathways are in our brain and they're built through repetition. They're built through relationships. And the only way we can practice this and make them stronger and stronger is, is through practice and through treating it like a muscle. So we're going to talk a little bit about that probably throughout the next few podcasts, but we just really wanted to focus and, and let our viewers and our listeners know that it is magical, but there's research behind it. And there's a why behind 
those afternoons when um, those of you that are cowboys and cowgirls, like you've had a terrible day at work and you don't want to ride your horse, but you decide to go out and you just ride down that section line or you get in the arena and you lope circles, like why do we feel better after that? So hopefully throughout this journey, we can tell you a little bit about that. And to move on to the next question, Tisa, you've always been, like you said, big into the performance um, events of rodeo. And recently you had a life-changing event, one of those events that um, every cowboy or cowgirl hates to see. You, you were in a horse wreck and you broke a few bones and it put you out of work. I mean, you were training horses. How does something like that sit with you? How does it resonate with, how am I supposed to move past this? Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Not at all, because it was life-changing for the good. At And right at the moment, of course, we, it didn't seem that way. And it happened so fast. Let, let me tell you, everybody thinks, you know, a wreck, it'll never happen to me or whatever. And I've had lots of horse wrecks, but I've always, you know, maybe it was a sprained ankle or some ribs. You could always get past it. And even having children, like being pregnant, you get to ride part of it. You still get to be around your horses. Nothing was as crippling as this. Because it was a, a right wrist and a left ankle that were broken. So I couldn't really get around, not even with... I mean, crutches or anything, let alone to the barn. But I guess horses have always gave me hope. You know, they're, they're a sense of faith. They're a creature from God that God put in my life to keep having hope. And I knew there was a reason. I couldn't sit and feel sorry for myself. I had always, um, horses always helped me talk to people. And that's how I ended up being around children because obviously I was teaching them. I've always had kids around teaching them with horses. So there was this email that kept coming out of my kid's school and it was a Christian school. And luckily I'd already signed up and I had been substitute teaching. Well, I literally had two days to heal up and feel sorry for myself, which didn't happen. And I had a full-time substituting gig at their school. And they were all interested in hearing about my horses every single day. Every single day I'd bring a pet stuffed horse and we'd talk about it. And I realized, I mean, long story short, I started having a couple of these kids come out and I realized again, here's my purpose. I have common people that live in town. I never, never dawned on me that horses could change their life on a day-to-day -day basis, just like mine. And God broke my ankle, broke my spirit and said, I'm going to put you here to help these people. And I guess that's where I look back and it really was life-changing because now I have all this whole nother chapter opened up and it, instead of competing, it actually is nourishing to the soul and the heart on a day-to-day -day level. And you're not chasing something that's just maybe, I don't know, a self-indulgence where I can use the animal to help more. On a, on a heart and a health based level is what I'm trying to say. It's hard to say, but anyway, that's amazing. That that, that was life changing. So, Katie, I have a question for you because sure. I keep rambling. Okay, so Katie, um, just like most families, but I don't know why it seems like you've dealt with huge obstacles in your. I mean, Katie has three kids. There's been health issues, um, physical issues, and a lot of relationships. There's been all kinds of things and dynamics that have happened in your life. How did the horse help you 
get through all this because being the leader, the mom in your family, I know how much it takes. It's toll. And having the horse help you get through this because I'm, I'm sure this is part of it. And also what relationships have you found through your horses and people that have helped you mm-hmm. just in life? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty loaded question, but I'll try to, I'll try to give you the cliff notes anyway. So, you know, I, I, I think I want to just return to like, kind of what we said, you know, I remember like my first breakup or my first fight. I even remember falling off the swing set and getting in trouble for doing a back backflip in recess in fourth grade. That was really the first time I got in trouble. And I went under my kitchen table and I cried and my parents told me like, there's nothing to cry about. It's not that big a deal. And then I went out and I got on my pony and her name was Ginger. And like we rode and we rode and then I came back and, and I felt better. I didn't realize that at that point that my pony Ginger was kind of my road to healing that that horses, they're just born with an innate desire to, to connect with you to make your life better. Uh, a few years down the road, um, I was about 17 years old. My mom took me to a center for hippotherapy. Hippo is the Greek word for equine. So this center was run through Altru Hospital in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Totally changed my life. Um, I saw speech therapists, occupational therapists, and physical therapists working with people that had disabilities. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. However, when you're 17 years old, it's really challenging to start a facility like that. You know, my family's lived on a working ranch and we had, um, we lived in a real small town and we also farmed grain. So I went to college, you know, I did all the things. I met a great man. His name is Brock. And forever through our relationship, I told him, I really want to do this. And it was kind of a pipe dream. But one day out of the blue, he said, if you want to do that, the horse thing, he called it. Of course, I had, you know, my own horses during this time. You know, we had a couple horses. Uh, We had a horse named Eva that I was in college and we literally I made my husband like pay her board before we paid rent. We were poor, but like Eva came everywhere with us. Anyway, so when he said that, I stayed up the whole entire night, like Googled, how do you start a nonprofit in North Dakota? Because I have no idea. I had no idea about nonprofit management, figured out like the bare bones. And we're still, it's still, uh, we're still figuring it out every day. Anyway, figured out the bare bones. Went to school, got certification as a certified therapeutic riding instructor, and had a superb group of board of directors that kind of let us hit the ground running. Well, um, about 20 days into our pilot program, my kiddo, who was um, five years old at the time, fell off the swing set um, and hurt his back. So we took him to the chiropractor. Um, Dr. Chris Schwab had to do a shout out to him, and we'd been going to him for wellness and whatever. And he said, you know, something just seems off. So we kept going, you know, a little more. Um, we had a few more visits than we normally would. And he referred right. us to a um, specialist. He said, I just don't know what's going on. I think it's a little more than falling off the swing set. So we went to a um, specialized chiropractic care center for scoliosis, found out that my son had scoliosis, kyphosis, um, a syrinx of the spinal cord. He had a Chiari malformation. So he had a plethora of, of things that popped up in a matter of days. We had to go down to Minnesota and 
we went to the Children's Hospital, we went to Mayo, we went to Gillette Children's, but we had the best team of care and we figured out a plan. Well, he had to have his first um, brain surgery about a month after we started our program. And I was like, how are we going to do this? We finally got the momentum going, like, you know, what's the next step? But of course I knew, like, I had to be there for my, for my son. So I found out later, like when we started everybody, when we got back, we took about 45 days off. When we got back, they were right there to support us. But without the support, I would have had, wouldn't have had from TR for Heart and Soul, like dealing with parents that have children with disabilities, they knew all the best doctors, they knew all the best research teams, they knew um, everything that I wouldn't have known. And, and the battle was just so much easier because of the circle that was put into my life um, from therapeutic writing. So what I thought was going to be like the end of our career, the end of all this hard work, the end of a 25 year pipe dream was actually like the bones and the heart and soul of our project. So hopefully that answers your question, Tisa. That answers it perfect. Wow, that's amazing. And so, it even makes it more relatable going through that experience with your riders as an instructor. I mean, everybody has stuff, but wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want experiences that are trusting and we want mutual feelings with humans and horses and I think what's really, really cool um, about horses and about trauma is that, you know, horses are a prey animal. That's, that's part of life. And, you know, we, at one time, we were the predator. So we have to just think a little bit about evolution and that we have to understand that people that are dealing with big impacts from trauma, they're stuck in the lower regions of their brain, just like a horse. When we're when we've been in a traumatic situation for a long, long time, we're thinking about survival. People that have been in combat, they can't move all the way up into the top part of our brain, which we're gonna to refer to as the neocortex because it takes a quarter of a second more. And that, that literally could mean death. So I'm excited yeah. to work through this journey with you um, and talk about the research and the interventions and the stories and the relationships. Yes, we will definitely have real people that are going to be able to put it in, I don't know, their own words. I mean, there's too many stories out there not to share this and educate about what horses have done and healing and living our best life. Absolutely. I think well, I'm super excited about our next guest. And I think we talked, we're probably going to try to shoot for, you know, two or three podcasts a month. Right, Tisa? Is that kind of our goal? That's our goal. Every oh. other week. We're going to hit this. Awesome. Well, we will post this, um, you know, we'll post it on our website, Instagram, on Facebook. Also, if you have any other questions or there's somebody you'd like to see or hear on Hearts and Hooves, Turquoise and Trauma, let us know and we'll get them on our new podcast. Everybody okay. have a great week. Have a great week. Stay warm in our first North Dakota blizzard in quite a while we'll get um, through it yep we'll see you soon bye-bye everyone